Three Women of Christ are on a mission and we've joined together Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, Rhonda Stoppi, and Leanne Mancini to share godly advice, information, and encouragement for everyone who is raising the next generation of warriors for Christ. So let's dig deeper. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. I am so happy to have Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield on the show and Rhonda Stoppy. Welcome, ladies. So good to be back. Yes, glad to be here. But we'll start with today's question. There are big emotions. You know, everybody talks about big emotions and they're big emotions that children are learning how to deal with and express. For example, anger can be used for good or bad, right? It's a big emotion. And how can parents help their children understand their anger, this big emotion, and channel it properly? Because we have a lot of temper tantrums for children, little ones, and we have temper tantrums for teenagers as well. Jesus said the student will become like his teacher. He didn't say the student will become like his teacher teaches him to become. He said the student becomes like his teacher. So the way that we process anger, whether we lash out, whether we are a stuffer and we treat everyone with the silent treatment, you're handing the baton to the next generation, to your children, how they're going to interact with their own children, with their spouse, with the world. So when it, it, it has to begin with us, we have to learn to process anger in a godly way. It doesn't say we'll never be angry. It says be angry and sin not. When we get angry about, you know, we talked last uh, podcast about the chaos that's going on in the world. If you didn't listen to that, go back and listen because it's so good. But if we want to get angry about that, I mean, Jesus overturned the temple, you know, when they were in the temple, when they were selling stuff. So his anger was righteous. But a lot of times when my kids walk on the floor after I just mopped and I'm angry, it ain't righteous anger. (laughs) And I, I learned something really great from a book I read by Elise Fitzpatrick, and it's called Idols of the Heart. And one of the things that you kind of discover, what is your idol as you go through this book? And what I found, one of the idols of my heart is respect. I want to be respected for the hard work that I do. I want to be respected that I clean the house because it's not my favorite thing to do. And if I did it, at least let it be clean for five minutes. But what she pointed out is sometimes even what is good, and we want our kids to respect our hard work, If we're willing to sin to get it, we can realize it's become an idol in our heart. So if I get angry at my kids for not respecting the hard work I did, now I have to stop and say, why was I willing to sin to get this respect from them? Repent, visit it, foresee it for what it really is, and then go back to my kids and say, hey, mommy, mommy triggered about that. And that was really, yes, you do need to respect the hard work. And now here's the mop, take care of it yourself. But I also need to say that was my sin because I was offended. And Psalm 119, 165 says, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them or nothing shall cause them to stumble. If I'm always making my family walk on eggshells around me, I'm offendable. The problem's right here with me. So let it begin with us. And when we fail, when we stumble, the normal Christian life is we fall back into those habits and then we ask God's forgiveness. We ask our children to forgive us, our spouse, the person at the grocery store that crushed our eggs with the milk, whatever. And we continually show our kids a normal Christian life is 
repentance and coming back, bringing ourselves back in line with obedience to what God has so that we can reflect his character because our light needs to shine so brightly that others will want to know our savior beginning with our own children. Oh, I love that. That's such a great point. And Jesus was angry twice when he turned the tables over and when they were giving him a hard time because he healed the hand on a Sabbath. He healed the leopard's Mm -hmm. hand on a Sabbath. And so it's righteous anger. We can have righteous anger, but selfish anger. Nope. And we, and we all, we all do. We all go through that, but going to your kids and apologizing that teaches them another thing that teaches them how to confess a sin when you're sinful. And it also shows them repentance and remorse. So you're teaching them a whole bunch of things there. Oh my goodness. You know, I love Leanne that, that we're talking about anger because I think it's really probably at least in my clinical practice, the most misunderstood, underexplained or clarified emotion of all. You know, we read that there's five primary emotions, happy, sad, angry, scared, confused. So anger is part, like we've just said, what Jesus modeled. So we have to make sure that we don't label it as bad because anger comes up when there's been a violation. That is a a response that you want your children to have out in the world when they see injustice and things that make God's heart, right? Even angry. It's not just the bad emotion, but to understand if your kids can get in touch with what's happening underneath the surface, or I call it lifting the hood of the car where that anger is that light on the dashboard, but it's signaling something else is going on. You give your child a gift to help them connect with what's underneath that anger instead of just saying, don't have anger. Because, you know, I was raised, my dad was a a Baptist pastor, and he would tell me that if I had anger, I remember one time I was done with college, Bible college, and I was like, I was, for the first time I told God I was angry at him. And my dad literally said to me, God ought to strike you dead for having that response. And only years later did I say to my dad, you really, really scarred me with that comment because it made me so afraid. Like, what do I do when I'm mad at God? And I see in scripture, people got, David got every emotion out uh, in the book of Psalms, didn't he, at God? God never said, okay, I'm okay with all of them except anger. Right. And so I literally thought God would strike me dead when I had anger. And I remember, as silly as it sounds, laying there in my bed and going, okay, he's not coming to strike me. And I waited. And I have since learned that God can handle my anger. He can handle my big emotions because I'm a big emotion girl. And then he wired my brain in that midsection. It's called our midbrain. It's on the inside of the top of our head there. And what happens when we get triggered, there's an activating event, is that part of our brain physiologically floods this front part of our brain where we have thinking and judgment and reasoning. It's called our prefrontal cortex. And so that goes offline. And recently I spoke at an all day, we called it parent university at a church. And what was so interesting is that at the end, asking for feedback, what today impacted you? A mama raised her hand and said, it was so helpful to learn about the brain in understanding how to better really guide my two sons, because it's easy to say, don't be angry, don't be angry, but your brain is on fire. And to help maybe going back to our first session that we all did together, women, where saying, do a UFO hold that put one hand palm on the front of your child's head, one on the back of your child's head, have them calm down, take four breaths in, slow exhale with six, breathe in, like learning to get back in their body. 
calm their arousal system. Another thing that I love is it's called bilateral stimulation, right, left, right, left, is that's what calms us. So sometimes walking around helps create that rhythm. It could be tapping on your knees, creates a calming rhythm. It can be crossing your arms. We call that a butterfly hug, right, left, right, left. And a really fun one that I've learned, because I love doing training for kids, because everybody's a big kid, is lace your hands together, your fingers, lace your fingers, and it looks like a ladybug. We call it a ladybug hug. And you lift the right fingers, put them back down, lift the left fingers, put them back down, and you go back and forth. But teaching your children how to work through anger, instead of saying, go to your room until you can calm down yourself, is not always helpful in working through anger. Also, acknowledge their anger. That's that's usually Mm -hmm. really the first step is to say to your child, I see you're you're angry. And and I understand you're angry. I've been angry too. But let's talk. Tell me why you're angry. Or if they're really angry, let them calm down. Because you can't talk to a toddler who's having a temper tantrum. But I think, you know, acknowledging that they're angry, having a discussion with them. Yeah, you know, we all get angry, but let's work through this. Let's, let's talk about your anger. What's causing? It could be for little ones, they're frustrated because they can't tell you that they're hungry. You know, that's mm-hmm. why we teach babies sign language. For, for many reasons, it could be that somebody was mean to them at school, but don't dismiss it. We're too ready to dismiss little ones. Oh, you, you don't know what you're being angry about. You don't know what's bad or what's, you know, what would cause you to be angry. That's nothing. No, because to mm-hmm. them, it's everything. And, and don't label them as an angry kid. You know, it's easy to say, oh, that's my angry one. Or, oh, little, little, haha, the little angry elf. You know, you're, you're, they are going to believe what you tell them about their character. Yes, acknowledge. I, I can see how that would make you angry. My two youngest were two years, two months apart. My son and then Kayla came up behind him and Kayla was the chatterbox and just all about life. Like we thought we were great parents. And then we had Kayla and we're like, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and she knows every time Steve talks about our kids in church, if they're in there, he has to give them money. He literally leaves the pulpit and gives them a $10 bill. So <laughs> he just did that last Sunday at church with Kayla. But with Brandon, I remember like she'd mess up his Legos and he would be so angry that she messed up something. And it was a, it was a viable reason to be upset with her. Yeah, a violation. Yeah. <laughs> a violation of his creativity. And he's my you know worship pastor, musician, he's creative. So you just crushed me personally. And so having the acknowledgement that I understand how upset you are, and I am so sorry that she did this. And I promise you that she is going to face consequences for what she did to your creation, but then helping him process and talk, you know, just tell me how you're feeling that, that sometimes just talking about it. She always, she never blah, blah, blah. I see that. And I want you to know that we're helping her learn to not do that. And I'm so sorry that happened with you. I'll help you rebuild it. Also making sure that they're not hangry. Cause my kids, my, my son never knew he was hungry. Hormonal, my girls, they didn't know. You have to help them understand the reason you're so upset right now in three days, you're not going to care about this, but your hormones make you feel like this is really a horrible injustice or whatever, but uh, helping them identify that is going to take them through adulthood, through their marriage relationships, not blaming their husband for how come they feel so angry. It's their hormones. And let's talk about how we can treat that. Yes. 90% of the time we're angry because we feel unjust. There's something that happened against us and we don't feel it's fair. Most often that's the case for kids, especially. And also role play. Let's let's talk now that we've calmed down and everything is okay. 
let's go ahead and role play how to handle this better next time. What words you can use, you know, just and have the kids like if they're fighting between each other and they're both angry, have them look at each other after they calm down and tell each other what they like about each other. You know, what is it you, you tell your sister what you like about her and you tell your brother what you like about him. And let's understand that we're a family. We're a unit. We're the, we're the most important supporter of each other. No one's going to have your back more than your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. I, I want to underscore what you, what you both have said is make sure not to give labels. Like, yeah, you're the angry child or, whoa, aren't you a drama queen? Mm. I'm literally, even today, I had a counseling session with a woman who's an adult with three children who said, my family called me the dramatic one, the overly dramatic one. That label is still there. Again, we go back to scripture. Anger is something that Jesus displayed. It's not the bad emotion. So focus more on the do than the who, because those labels get woven into identity and make that child feel like that's who they are when it really is what they do. And you letting, let, letting them have a voice. I love your role play idea. If you have a little kid, have, your, have their stuffed animal or their doll be the other person to say, say why you're angry or what hurt your feelings. I always say mad and sad are two sides of the same coin. So often in, in you know, counseling sessions, I, when I hear somebody really mad, I think, I wonder what sadness they're not in touch with. Or if someone's crying, 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 I think, I wonder what they're angry about that they're not, you know, maybe they don't feel it's okay to be angry. So those, those little things and tips might help a parent have a different framework in how they're understanding their child. Yes, because your child hears often enough that she's a drama queen, that can become a self-fulfilled prophecy. Mm-hmm. They will actually start fulfilling those, those prophetic words that you're placing upon your child. So, well, this is really good, ladies. We are so, I know we're so happy to get together to share these tips. And again, we'll have links in our show notes to where you can reach out to Rhonda or Dr. Michelle. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. 